0: To the cross. Shall we turn in our Bibles now to Luke chapter 1, reading verses 36 through 56? A longer passage, but I think it will be helpful to us to reflect on this today. We see the coming of the Lord Jesus, not just in his coming, but in particular dealing with his work. And we must never look at the coming without considering the work verse 36 Luke chapter 1 now indeed Elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren for with God nothing will be impossible then Mary said behold the maid servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb And return to her house. That is the word of God. Beloved in the Lord Jesus, we have absolutely no certainty of the day on which Jesus was born, but we have absolute certainty that he was born. And we have absolute certainty as to why he was born. He came as God's gift to us, a gift we needed, a gift that came out of love. It is a gift whose effect would last forever. And indeed that is why the Lord Jesus was named Jesus. For Jesus means God is salvation. And Elizabeth spoke about this gift. And Mary sang about this gift. Both confirmed the existence and the effects of this gift. Both having heard from angels. And this is the message for today the gift of the Lord Jesus in prose, the gift of the Lord Jesus in poetry. And our goals are that having seen the evidence in Scripture that you will receive the gift that God offers to you and you will continually live for him and praise him for this eternal gift. Keeping in mind that Christmas is a time for receiving the gift that God offers. The Lord Jesus in prose. Well, you know the background here. Mary excitedly went to see Elizabeth, her old relative in the hill country of Judah. Gabriel had already confirmed to Mary and Joseph that they would have a son, and his name would be Jesus, and he would save the people from their sins. But she wanted to have her faith strengthened. You know, being an unmarried pregnant woman was not easy. And how wonderful it would be for Mary to see the impossible happen, to strengthen her faith. And that's what miracles were in the scriptures, to strengthen the faith of those who believe. And this will prove indeed that the gift in her would be the gift that would do what God promised. Remember what Job said in Job 42. I know that you can do everything and no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Now, there's no doubt, too, that Mary wanted to go there, not just to have her faith strengthened, but to be of a help to her old pregnant relative. Everyone who knows when you're a little bit older and you have a baby, it's, it's much harder, let alone when someone is really old and having a child. The, the muscles and the bones don't always cooperate in such an endeavor. And yet, that's where she was. Now, we come to the point where Mary goes and meets her relative Elizabeth. As soon as Mary greeted Elizabeth, the Bible says the first thing that happened is the the babe in Elizabeth's womb leaped. And this was not a regular movement of a baby. You know, if you talk to a baby as a father, that baby in the womb recognizes your voice and will move. But this was something more. More. This was a powerful movement towards someone. Almost as if the baby were running to Jesus. That's the type of word that is used here. This was a miracle from God. That even the babe recognized the one who would carry the Lord Jesus was coming to him and he was running to Jesus. Imagine how this would have strengthened Mary's faith. That even the baby knew who she was and what she would do. But now we come to the point of the prose. Uh, Elizabeth's account, really picking up from verse 42. The first thing that Elizabeth does was to assure Mary that she was blessed by God and told her things that only Mary would have known. Remember, there were no texting, no telephone calls, no email when she showed up immediately, Elizabeth announced, "Blessed are you among women." This was an interesting expression because this was the expression that was used in the Old Testament to describe jail. Remember in jail nailed that man in the in the tent, put him to sleep, and pinned him to the ground, and killed him. and what that did for Israel, how it protected Israel, it freed them that 's the same expression that is used here. For Mary. And the term blessed is quite unique. This is one of the problems with some modern translations. That water around this word blessed to mean happy. No blessed is how God sees you. It's how God sees you. And God had revealed to Elizabeth. That Mary was blessed by him. Elizabeth assured Mary that she was Undeserving of Mary even coming to her house. And this had to come from God directly. You know, normally if a, a younger person would go to an older person in the Eastern culture, you would be praising the elderly one. But now the tables are reversed. Old Elizabeth is praising Mary because of what was happening. She was giving Mary the honor because Mary was the mother of Jesus. And more than that, Elizabeth assured Mary that her faith was real. She knew Mary's heart. It's kind of interesting that Mary's faith, this young girl, was stronger than Zacharias, the priest, who was struck with physical affliction because he doubted the Lord. Mary didn't. She wanted to be reassured by the Lord, but she never doubted. And it's an interesting thing to see here, right? Age didn't matter. Faith mattered. Our faith was strong. That's why you see sometimes young people do better than the older people. Because they trust in the Lord and they have stronger faith. And he, Mary is described here as, Blessed is she who believed. M- Elizabeth knew who Mary was knew her faith and knew what God was doing in her. And she announced that because the angel delivered that message to her. And then Elizabeth assured Mary that the prophecy that Mary received would come true. How did she know that Mary would be the mother of the Lord who would save the world from sins? Well, that's the angel. That's a special prophecy that was delivered to her. Remember at this time there were no prophets around. Except that God revealed it to her directly. And how Mary's faith would have been lifted up. Hearing the babe leap forward to come towards her. And then uh, Elizabeth is telling her all of these things. That no one else knew but her. What courage this would have given to an unwed mother at that time. Let me give you a couple of things to consider here from this first point. First of all, there's some rich symbolism here. When Mary received the word of God, Jesus was formed in her. And even so, the truth is, when we receive the word of God about Jesus Christ, new life is formed in you. And that's where we have to tell That's what we have to tell others, so that they will learn. They will learn about Jesus. It's the only way. You know, this thing of of imitation evangelism, be nice as we are, go to church, dress the way we do, do the things we do. That's not Christianity. It's got to come to the word of God and the work of Jesus Christ. When Mary received her that word, Jesus was formed, so when we receive the word of God. New life is formed in us. Second, those who say the Holy Spirit is a New Testament gift that came only after Pentecost don't know the scriptures. We see here, Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit of God. Now, some people confuse the gifts of the Spirit, the special gifts of the Spirit, with the ever-present gift of the Holy Spirit. No one ever is saved without the work of the Holy Spirit. That was David's fear in our prayer we were singing from Psalm 51. He said, please do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Because the Holy Spirit is in every Christian, and when he is not with us, we are exposed. We are only saved by the Holy Spirit. And he was active at creation and will be active for eternity. And here's the third lesson. As Elizabeth pointed out, not, you are nothing, nothing without Jesus. He alone gives value to your life. You see, your big job means nothing to God. Your special skill is unnecessary to his work. He's simply pleased to use you. But what makes you usable is not the height of your position or your money in the bank, but have you received Jesus? Are you running towards Him as John the Baptist? That's what makes this special. That's what makes it special. The second part of this text speaks not just of the, uh, the first part, of course, dealing with Elizabeth, but the second part deals with uh, Mary and what she says in this. It's often called the Magnificat because of the way it begins. My soul magnifies the Lord. But let's consider her from verse 46 to the end for a few moments. Mary wrote a poem about the child, the gift to the world. The gift that would come from her. Now a poem is a beautiful way of speaking. A poem shows a a thought process regarding a particular thing about which you are speaking. You know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, you're good. But when somebody can describe the details of that person's goodness, describe how he showed that goodness, the kind words that he spoke, the actions that made that person good, it then helps you to get the richness of the goodness of that person. And this poem that Mary wrote and sang was based upon the scriptures. She had a very deep knowledge of the scripture for sure, which starts to put in perspective what, this, uh, what she's going to say. Now, Mary was made a concerted effort not to boast about herself, because this, this was about the work of Christ. This was about the gift. Like Elizabeth testified. Now Mary's going to testify about it. She does not take credit for what God was doing. But praise God for what he was doing. Mary had a new heart. And she loved the one who did the transplant. Zachariah was mute until his son was born. From a lack of faith. But what did Mary do? She could burst forth into singing and sing about this gift now look at what she sang my soul magnifies the lord for what he has done verse 48 Mary then uh wrote that god blessed her he regarded the lowly estate a lowly woman who was condemned in adam and all the terms that she uses she uses a passive tense. She was showing that she was the receiver of God's work. She does not claim that she chose God. She claimed that God chose her and blessed her in spite of her low condition. How wicked Roman Catholics are in describing Mary as perfect. When she says God is my savior, You only need a savior if you're a sinner. She recognized that this was a fulfillment of the promise that God made to Adam in the Garden of Eden. Let me read to you from Isaiah chapter 29 verse 23. It says this. But when he sees his children the work of my hands in his midst. They will hallow my name and hallow the Holy One of Jacob. And the fear and fear the God of Israel. When they see what? When they see the work of his hands. What is the work? The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to die for the sins of the world. That's what brought this praise. That's why Mary was able to say, He has blessed me, and holy is his name. Verse 50. And Mary wrote, God's mercy was continuous. Not just something that came in her lifetime. She wasn't that special. Jesus was. God's mercy came to Adam and Eve. When God killed an animal. And provided that picture of that covering for them. That same picture. That covering that appears for us. Again in Zechariah chapter 3. The prophet saying I am of unclean lips. How can I stand here? And Jesus said, I've got a covering for you. I've got new clothes for you. And Mary is seeing this. This is the work of God covering her with mercy as he did for Adam. And God continued to show mercy to Jews and to Gentiles. If you look back at the Old Testament, you will see that God chose the Jews not because they were special. But because he was loving, that he rescued them when they were smallest group, an old man and a barren woman, to start that nation. God called in Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, from an outside source, Gentiles, and brought him into his kingdom. Caleb, which means dog, was a picture of a man who was from outside of Israel, who came with Israel as they left Egypt and traveled to Canaan. Think of Ruth. The worst people in the Jewish mind from a Moabite background. The Lord called her in and made her one of the mother of Jesus. Interesting too, even before that, one of her relative would be Rahab, that ex-prostitute from Canaan. A Canaanite woman, a pagan woman. The Lord brought her in. The Lord brought Nebuchadnezzar in. Read Nebuchadnezzar's testimony after God humiliated him, humbled him, and he recognized who the true God of heaven and earth were. Psalm 103 verse 17 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And that's the blessing. That's the same language. Verse 50, And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. Who was special? Was it Mary? No, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. We are mere instruments. And we recognized, we passed that gift on to others. The source is not in us. And in verse 51 and 52, Mary wrote, wrote that God had the strength to do what he promised. What did God promise? We see here justice and mercy. Justice to the one. Who rejects him. Mercy to the one who submits and receives what Jesus did on the cross. And he was able to do it. Now think of our own lives when we we promise to do something. Oh you're going to do this before the holidays. Every husband has probably promised his wife and then has not fulfilled that promise. And you're still waiting for spring, y'all get it done or then you figure out you want to do a big job and you realize you couldn't do it because it's beyond your abilities. There's shows on television that show these men who start off all these amazing projects and they're left halfway or maybe not even that far along. When we talk about God, he says he is coming he, in his with his own strength in verse 51, he will scatter the proud, he will put down the mighty He's able to do it. That's his power. But the other side is also true. He says, and I will exalt the lowly. That's where Mary came in. Yes, the Lord resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Exodus 15, verse 16. This is the, uh, the song that Moses sang as the children of Israel had crossed over and God gave them the victory over Pharaoh. He says this. Fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm. They will be as still as stone. Dead. Till your people pass over O Lord. Till your people pass over. Whom you have purchased. You see how God brought down Nebuchadnezzar. Sennacherib. Pharaoh. Moses. He changed. Didn't he? He humbled himself and God raised him up. David, from a lowly position of a uh, a shepherd, God raised him up. Mary, from being a sinner, God raised her up. You see, these rich and powerful people, they didn't think they needed the gift. But God had to bring them down. I mean, think about it. Where is Egypt today? They're still begging for money to pay their bills and to provide for their people. Assyria doesn't even exist anymore. Babylon, gone. Saddam Hussein tried to be the king of Babylon. Where is he today? Medo-Persians, they're kind of trapped. They're trying to raise their head in the Iranian country. But they don't have the power anymore. The Romans, they can't even keep a government in order. They change their government so often. What has continued? The kingdom of the Lord. That's what Mary was told. Of. That's what this gift would do. This king would bring a kingdom in. That will last forever. And verse 53. While the arrogant. The proud are brought low. Mary said. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. Mary wrote that God nourishes people Spiritually. But those who thought that they were rich were sent away hungry. I know some people like to take this and twist it into the fact that we must be feeding the poor. We should, but that's not where this, this is not what this is teaching. This is not teaching of physical hunger. This was speaking of, as you find in Matthew 5, those who are poor in spirit. Those who were hungering for the word of God. Hungering for salvation. Starving for righteousness. And Jesus would fill them with righteousness. Remember Simeon when the Lord went into the temple. this dedication. Simeon the prophet took the Lord Jesus. In his arms and expressed. How satisfied he was. In Luke chapter 2 verses 29 through 32. He says this. Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace. In other words, I can die now because I am satisfied. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. I like to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This is the need that people have most of all. It's true you get those sappy commercials on television about people starving in India or Africa. All the needs are there you naturally want to give and that's human emotion. But don't ever think that that is the goal of the Christmas story. It is the coming of the Lord Jesus to feed the needs of people's souls, people who are starving You know the needy child comes to his mother to be nursed. And she has milk. The wicked one doesn't care. He thinks he can buy his way into heaven and please God. And so the Lord must send him away empty handed. But the one who comes with need. Dependence. And the child is a beautiful picture here. Because the child would die. Without the mother going. And feeding him. And then towards the end of Mary's song. She comes back. To where she started and wrote. That Jesus did not come. Because of anything good in her. Or in mankind. But rather Jesus came in remembrance of God's mercy. The promise to show mercy to them. And you know what she was really singing about here was election. God helped his people. Not just. Any people, but his people, his servant Israel, the ones he has chosen. And then Mary concluded by saying, God's servant would exist forever. That gift would not end. And he spoke to our fathers to Abraham and to his seed forever. That's the those are the ones to whom the blessing was promised. Genesis twenty two, eighteen, in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That is God's promise. Jesus' the gift of Jesus must extend everywhere. And then Mary remained there for three months and then returned to her house. Mary had proof in her heart, and she had praise on her lips, and she then returned home. So first lesson. Are you able to articulate the work of Jesus Christ and why he had to come if you were asked? If somebody said, what's this Christmas thing all about? Are you able to say more than Jesus was born in Bethlehem? You notice what Mary said. You notice what Elizabeth said. Are you able to articulate that? And the thing is this. You know more than they do. Than they did. You have the full scriptures now. You have the wealth. Of explanations of all parts of the scripture. Do you even know the doctrine of election? That you can talk about it like she did. Can you talk about God's judgment on the wicked? It's easy to talk about. Oh, God loves the world, and we quote John 3:16, or often misquote it because we think God loves the world means God loves everyone in the world instead of God loves all kinds of people in the world. <coughs> Particularly, see that in the context. You see, this is where you are. You have possession of this gift. This is how you're going to share this gift. You have to be able to articulate the work of Jesus Christ. Who he is, how he came, what he did, what he will do in the future. You have to be able to show why this was necessary because God is holy and man is sinful. That's why we need the work of Christ. Second, Jesus did not, Jesus came not because man was good or because God needed worship. Jesus came because God was merciful. See, that humbles the one who is hearing this message. No, you don't deserve anything. But God in his grace gave us Jesus. God in his mercy did not punish us as we deserve to be punished. But there's also one more application for you personally. Feed on Christ. He is the bread of life eat of him and live. Take, pay attention to the preaching of the word. Receive the sacraments. When there is the Lord's Supper, don't ever be missing so that you are refreshed again with the work of Jesus Christ. That's the gift that keeps on giving. He not only saves you, but he sanctifies you. He keeps you alive. This gift is salvation through your Savior. Let's conclude. The gift. Jesus, Savior of the world, came from Mary. This gift came at the right time, in the right place, as directed by God. This gift had great power, to do what God intended. The angels said it, and what we have seen today, Mary, uh, Elizabeth spoke about it, and Mary sang about it. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, then leave here with what? Well, remember that you have more proof of Jesus as the Messiah than Mary had. You have her account, and you now see. The effect of the gospel. Spreading to the ends of the earth. That message of Jesus Christ. So the question is. Do you believe it? Believing this message. Receiving it. Is the only means of salvation. You see you need it. You have no hope. You can't buy your way into heaven. Do you really believe it? Second. If you do believe it, are you promoting it? Are you promoting proof of the existence and the benefits of this gift? The world needs to know. And you have the message. You have the gift. Ah, it's all right to help people out that don't have food and give gifts to kids who don't have things. That's, that's okay, What is it that they need the most? You have, and it's free. Share it with others. And finally, if you're not a Christian, do you know this only way to be saved? I I don't mean if you accept that Jesus existed. I mean, do you have a close relationship with him? If you don't, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't believe personally that he lived and died for you, then you're still in your sins. And may God move you today to ask him to remove your sins and to make you his child.